Welcome to the Film Comment Podcast. I'm Devika Girish. And I'm Clinton Krupp. We're the editors of Film Comment. The arrival of Apichatpong Virasethakul's memoria has been one of the film events of the year. Six years after 2015's Cemetery of Splendor, the Thai filmmaker returned to the big screen this year with his first film set outside Thailand and his first collaboration with a bona fide movie star, Tilda Swinton. Swinton plays a British visitor in Colombia who finds herself afflicted with exploding head syndrome, a condition that causes her to hear mysterious and sudden booming sounds. Apichapong and Swinton turn this uncanny premise into an elusive and elliptical exploration of alienation, the slippery nature of communication, and the specters of history. During the New York Film Festival last fall, we sat down with the director and the actress to chat about their collaboration, the autobiographical origins of the film, and Apichat Pong's interest in re-enchantment through cinema. For more on the film, check out Imogen Sarah Smith's essay from the Film Comment Letter, available in the show notes and on filmcomment.com. Thank you, Tilda and Apichat Pong, for joining us on this episode of the Film Comment Podcast. We're absolutely thrilled to have you here for the premiere of Memoria, the New York Film Festival. Uh, my co-editor Clint and I both are absolutely huge fans of the film and can't wait to dig into some some aspects of it with you both. Thanks, Devika. Thanks, Clint. Thank you. Thank you guys both for joining us. Certainly one of my favorites at the festival. The first question I wanted to talk about was just the, the role of sound in the film. I know that sound in terms of music, sound in terms of the sound that that Jessica hears in her head this percussive sound that kind of dominates the film. And specifically, I want to talk about the scenes of where we watch people listening to sounds. I just wonder where your interest in sound comes from in this way of shooting sound, I guess, this way of shooting people listening, maybe what you're trying to get at with this. Um, for me, it's like image, no? It's, it's filmmaking. I stress a lot of audio experience, you know, especially in the cinema, you know, and to make the audience aware of these senses, not only the sight, but also aware of how you are together in the cinema and listen to this illusion and how a filmmaker create this sensory, you know, that to mimic the world, but it's not the real world, you know, it's like a dream. It's like you are creating this offering a dream and yeah so memoria is is has a this kind of dialogue with the audience through jessica i think first it's about her and then later the audience maybe realize or not realize it's like okay it's about us yeah when we think about cinema as broken down into image and sound it's sort of push you're pushing against that in this film not just that idea but breaking down experience into different compartments and i think that the, like one thing this film does really well is forces you to kind of think about magic as a technology or and technology as a form of magic and that the things that we see are not all that there are the things that we in our society, perhaps, maybe I should I should be specific. Um, see, are not all that exist. Um, is this an idea that that uh, you thought about during the, the making of this film? And also, I kind of want to ask a little bit about the collaborative aspect of the project. How you guys work together? Well, I think that in the very first instance, when we started talking about 
a film that we might make together. We talked about atmosphere way before we talked about any narrative. Um, we talked about a kind of emotional territory, which became more and more precisely about lo a kind of lostness, which might also be explained as a kind of beingness. So, so this was not going to be about a journey with certain objectives that were going to be achieved or a kind of dialogue between many characters who were going to be following some kind of plan. But it was going to be about somebody in a sort of limbo state, which, of course, to your question about sound, means that she was going to be uh, dislocated enough to be completely connected uh, com completely connected to sound and completely connected to um, the, the the sort of vibrations and the reverberations of wherever she happened to be. Uh, so that that was always the, the the lion's share of our discussion was about how to create this kind of atmosphere of I don't know if it's really precise to say lostness, but this sort of suspension really. And there were all sorts of sort of narrative uh, side dishes that we explored about how to achieve this in this in this person. I hesitate to use the word character because she really is characterless in many ways. I describe her more as a predicament, but she's somebody who's in Colombia, but not of Colombia. She's, she's not a tourist. She lives there. We know very little about her background. Uh, we even meet her in a town she doesn't live in. So she's sort of uh, very, um, she's like, we talked a lot about her having this kind of water aspect. I'm, I want to go back to the collaboration aspect and I'm curious for both of you, what was the first work of the other person that you encounter? So Apichatwang, what was the first Tilda movie you saw and Tilda, the first Apichatwang movie you saw? Uh, for sure, it's the... Um Direct German film, but I don't precisely what. But the the one that really struck me was the last of England, yeah. And then Orlando, yeah. Later. And what what about her presence struck you or made you think that this is someone you want to work with someday? She's fire and she's fierce. This fierceness uh, in her eyes from that film, yeah. I still remember that. I first met Joe, as it were, in Cannes when uh, I had the honor to be on the jury in 2004 and Tropical Malady was shown. And uh, that, that was really a, a, a sort of entry point for me. And then we became correspondents after that and, and, and we made a number of, uh, of gestures together, short short gestures and also we co-curated a film festival together in Thailand but always from the beginning we 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 kind of declared at the border that we wanted to make a feature film together and we started to sort of not even piece it together but sort of tease it out and it's now 17 years ago that we started this teasing out and I want to talk about how you work together to achieve that particular scene where you describe the sound in your head to a sound engineer. I'm, I'm sure everyone has been asking about that scene, but it's so purely cinematic because it's this idea of translating the, it's something in your head into something that others can experience. So I'm curious, Joe, like, did, 
did you experience that sound and then did you describe it to Tilda and did you use the same words that she uses to the sound engineer i'm just curious how it came about exactly that's how i <laughs> i i um experienced this bang in my head right and i i try to communicate it to my sound man because we we i'm already thinking about memoria and i want to feature this sound in a performance called fever room and so i try to describe to him like in a movie and and i think i recorded you know our session and how to describe this metal and <laughs> concrete underwater and yeah um and the result was close yeah but not 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 quite right because it is in my head you know so but i i love this process of discovering and then i discover what he suggested you know this sound effect library you know so what feature in the film is is actual library you know with this strange names yeah I love, I love the idea that we we don't know the sound in your head though even now but we never we never can i mean for me that that scene is really about the artist's project you know you 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 say to somebody uh i've got something in my head i don't know how to explain it i'm going to try and describe it but i'm probably going to fail i think that i'm probably going to fail it may be impossible part of that dialogue is really significant and and for and for him the sound engineer you know in the, in the shoes of the audience to say okay i'm up for it try i get it you say it's maybe difficult or it may actually be impossible but i'm going to i'm here for it Uh, I think it's really a, a, a scene about art. If I mean specifically filmmaking, but about the artist project and about and about inarticulacy, about the 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 the, the effort and the inevitable failure. <laughs> I was very touched by it because we're writers, and writing always feels like a process of constant loss and translation. But yeah, as you're describing that, it really sounds like the plight of a translator trying to translate a poem. I always think I always remember hearing that Bertolt Brecht had written on his gravestone he made suggestions. You know that's all we're here to do. <laughs> he had some good suggestions. Yeah. yeah. You're listening to the Film Comment podcast. Sign up today for the Film Comment letter. It's a free weekly digital newsletter featuring original film criticism and writing by Film Comment's editors and brilliant contributors. The letter delivers exclusive features, reviews, interviews, streaming picks, news, and more directly to subscribers' inboxes every Thursday before they're published on filmcomment.com the following Monday. Sign up today at filmcomment.com. Speaking of Brecht, I also wanted to ask about the political content of the film or the political aspects of this film it takes place in colombia there's this sort of undercurrent of trauma of national trauma running throughout the film i wonder if you guys could talk a little bit about the politics of this film and i just want to add uh the scene that has stuck with me is you by you i mean tilda your your person in the film hears the sound on the street and someone falls to the ground and it's this you think it's a gunshot and i thought that was some sort of secret to the politics of the film yeah it's a, it's an incredible scene yeah that happened to me when i was in my early days in bogota just 
crossing the street and then bang and then and i was lost for a second and then i saw this guy you know jumping down and then like in a film just running away and and it took me a while to to say oh he has something you know in his memory which i don't you know for me it's a it's a tire a bus tire <laughs> explosion so so it, it synchronized with with other experience i, I have uh, in colombia you know just collecting people's stories and and to deal with this anticipation or, or interpretation of sound yeah or, or how they deal with memory so um, for me the film is a collage of, of these experiences coupled with my own exploding head syndromes yeah and I'm aware that it can be read politic in the political angle uh, but but for me really is 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 something that I try to present maybe not not as a, a, a concrete content but it's uh, these feelings of uncertainty and this vibration you know I want to just channel this to the audience and and this feeling that I want to keep I want to keep as a souvenir from Colombia and also something I think about layers of experience and a kind of the way in which in and this is possibly true of, of all corners of this world, but some have a particular uh, capacity to kind of peel away the present and reveal the past in quite sharp contrast, or not even contrast, but in some sharp resonance. And this is definitely something true in Colombia. It feels like there's a sort of molten quality. And there's no doubt about it, when we made the film in 2019, we, we thought we were making a film very much about the past, but now releasing it. And we just came from Bogota two days ago, Joe and I, and, and showing it there uh, in 2021, it really does feel like we made a film about the present and, and with a kind of, as, as, as we may say, a sort of memory of the future. Um, so um, that molten quality in Bogota, is, in, in Colombia, is something I think that we both responded to, that the, the, the history is available. And of course, you know, any of us who ever read uh, Marquez, and that was my first <laughs> relationship with Colombia, was reading uh, Hundred Years of Solitude, that sense that the past is always with us, you know, that you can sit and sit and, 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 and have a discussion with your great-grandfather, which also is something that I've always treasured in, in Joe's work that that there's this sort of unfiltered relationship and correspondence with with the past and with kind of a folklore too or a sense of collective history maybe i think and i think that this film really is obviously very much that comes to the fore in the title and especially in the in the sequence the kind of climactic sequence i wanted to ask about that specifically this sort of the uh that I guess ship, whatever this this um, object is. Spoiler alert! Yeah, spoiler listeners. alert. Um, I wanted to ask about that. As like, is this was this an image that that you had in your mind that was related to your exploding head syndrome, or is this something that came after the fact that you built out? Uh, it came during the writing process and being there, you know, um, in different landscapes. Colombia and they triggered you know this imagination or longing for childhood and and what I felt about you know 
looking at places with innocence eyes with with not knowing and how precious that was and and of course the ghost monster civilization science fiction you know all these arises you know that those things that that motivate me to make a movie movies you know it's so so for me it's, it, it felt natural to include that object into the film uh, because it represent in that moment in the film it's a collapsing of time you know not only for me but also from for Jessica for Elkin for Tilda Swinton and you know everything's there you know in the sound design too we mix all this memory of sound you know there's a first sound of human voice recorded you know in France so we we secretly you know put it in there you know if you care to listen yeah so so all this mixture of of things and so I say oh Why not? You know, I have to admit, I expected it. I was like waiting for a dinosaur. <laughs> oh, in many ways, you you kind of got one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that I think that is a a good point. I'd love to just dig a little more into what you said about the everything that came up in Bogota and Colombia for you. Was that your first choice always to shoot this movie, or you know, how did you end up in Colombia? Hmm. I try not to plan my life too much, and at that moment in 2017, I had a chance to be in Fixi. It's a festival in Cartagena, in Colombia, and then I had a chance to travel around with this bang in my head. So, so naturally, I I started to to feel connect with the landscape and the people there, and then this starts, yeah, mm. and. I I was just wondering this experience of foreignness for both of you, you know, shooting in this place. I'm not sure if both of you speak the language. How did that sort of influence the writing and making and performances in the film? Well, that was a very early um, realization for both of us that this this atmosphere that we wanted to 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 swim in was going to be somewhere where both of us were strangers. We, that was a moment of revelation, I remember, and I felt very excited at that point when we when we were clear that that I wasn't going to come to Thailand and make a film there, and and that Joe wasn't going to come to Scotland. That, that but this feeling that we were both going to be equally strange to a place, and and vice versa, um, and that we were both going to be lost together. But but even then, we didn't know where that might be. And I do remember a rather musing series of years. I suppose it must have been when we sort of went backwards and forwards, saying things like, "I remember at one point you said, you know, what about Iceland?" And I said, "Oh, Joe, I've been to Iceland several times." Said, okay, not Iceland then. You know, it was very, very important that we had no personal history with the place, and that we were both, you know, our ears and eyes were fully open, as as uh, as Jessica's are. And then, as as Joe says, it, you know, it was it was Cartagena Film Festival that 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 brought him and and, and introduced him to Colombia. Well, your Spanish is pretty impressive in the film. Thank you very much. It's not actually at all. And my disclaimer there is that it really is important that it's really not, uh, because it's very important that she is outside of her own language. That being articulate and being able to be understood and being able to understand is. Sort of not available, and so that the language communication is is very is very tentative. It's like following a 
trail of crumbs through a forest. And uh, I happen to love that. I happen to love seeing people not speaking language very well and, and what that brings out in them. And, and, and very early in the film, her brother-in-law says to her, you know, when he, he, he talks about her translating his poetry and she says, well, I've got such rotten Spanish. And he says, well, but your Spanish is perfect for poetry. I love that. I think that's really, you know, it's sort of the acknowledgement of, of the value and beauty of inarticulacy, I think, is, is really at the heart of that. Yeah, that is a, that is a beautiful moment. Um, actually, that poem, was, was that composed by, by you, Joe? No, unfortunately, there's, yeah, it's from, from, I think it's a combination of, yeah, I think it's from Gustavo. It's one of our team's um, members' dad, oh, really? who's a magician. Oh, cool. If, if I'm not mistaken, oh, I, I, I might be wrong <laughs> to find out. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful poem, There's a, which reminds me also of the moment, the magic trick. I wanted to quickly. That's also actually Gustavo's father. He's also to be credited for that. So we had a resident magician with us, which is always handy on a film set. We need one of those. That's why when that scene, yes. when you show the handkerchief. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys both so thank much for joining so us. Thank you so much, David. Thank you so much, Clint. And thank you so much for this film. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. Thank you for your ears and eyes. The Film Comment Podcast features original music by Greg Einge. Film Comment is a publication of film at Lincoln Center. Since 1962, Film Comment has been the home of independent film journalism, publishing in-depth interviews, critical analysis, and feature coverage of mainstream, arthouse, and avant-garde filmmaking from around the world. Visit us online at filmcomment.com. Thank you.